On this episode, we're going to talk about all the recent WWE releases and where they could end up after being let go from the WWE. All this and more on today's episode of Tap Out Talk. Hey guys, you can come out. Guys. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. Say. Yeah, they're done firing people. We can talk about it now. Yeah, come on, just quit hiding on your desk, quit hiding in the parking lot. Just come on, come in. Vince McMahon's at home. He just got all this money from the Peacock deal, so he's he's counting it. We're good. He's got a bunch of money in front of him. The WWE is in corporate mode as of post-WrestleMania. Um, this happens every year. The WWE goes into a spring cleaning, if you will, um, usually on the 15th of April for some reason. And this year is no different. They get past their biggest show of the year, and then they realize they have to cut out some talent and cut out some cost, um, despite doing pretty well as a company. But they're in the mode of they have to think of their shareholders and constantly increasing profits. And uh, like most corporations do in America. So um, let's go ahead and kind of get into this. Um, I, you know, I was almost to the point, I, you know, I have not done a show in a few weeks just because, you know, I was a little scared to come out, you know, with all the firings happening. So uh, I do think it's safe now to talk about it. And a lot of the guys that were let go recently and girls uh, that we're going to talk about today will be able to talk about it in about 90 days once their compete clauses are up. So, you know, just a reminder, last year, WWE did the same thing, but it was very massive. Uh, they released over 50 superstars and employees in 2020. And we have seen some of these people move on and some of these people move away from the business of wrestling. So um, you, if you notice, uh, Gallows and Anderson moved right on into um, TNA, Impact Wrestling. And then you had guys like Rusev who went on to AEW. So you do have a mix. And you have other ones that just didn't find a place anywhere, like Chris Hero and um, even Kurt Angle kind of stayed retired. So at that point, uh, we're going to go over the 2021 releases and it's kind of where we think they're going to end up and our overall thoughts if this was a good decision or a bad decision. So as we go through this, keep in mind, uh, WWE, even though they are firing people, they are future endeavoring them. Um, at this point, it wasn't even an individual post online. It was really just all in one post. We wish them the best in the future endeavors, and that we got the um, got them out of the company. So let's see if these uh, moves make sense. Our first release is Bo Dallas. Bo actually came in through the NXT brand worked his way up, um, developed his skills. When I first seen Bo Dallas, I liked his character. I liked his overly positive um, reinforcement that he did through his matches. And I thought he worked a pretty good wrestling match. One thing I seen with Bo is I did always just see him as a mid to lower mid Carter. And I felt that he would have been, you know, done really well in the cruiserweight division, but they just never really kind of put him there. And so it's interesting because he comes from a talented family. Uh, his father, Mike Rotunda, also known as Erwin R. Scheister or IRS in the WWE. And then his brother, Bray Wyatt. Um, I'm really surprised they never paired Bo up with him. They And Bray has definitely done very well in the WWE and reinvented himself. 
I always felt Bo would have been a natural fit for a character change to go into the Wyatt family. But I get the impression that maybe Bo just wanted to stand on his own and be his own guy in the WWE and not have to be, you know, under his big brother. So, you know, everything was Bo leaving that he was going to do everything on his own. But in the end, it just didn't work out. I could see Bo not really getting back in the wrestling industry anymore. He spent the last year actually uh, getting his real estate license, and he's been working in real estate while kind of hoping the WWE would you know, figure something out for him because that was his dream. But at the end of the day, instead of Bo leaving in Bo Dallas, the WWE just says, Bo, leave and get out. Our next release is a surprising one to many people. Um, Samoa Joe, or as um, Samoa Cookie Joe is what I like to say sometimes. So Samoa Joe is actually uh, very talented, and I was shocked that they let him go because they actually made him work as an announcer at WrestleMania, had him standing out in the pregame uh, event, doing commentating with a poncho, and he really just you know, kind of um, worked very hard for the company and always did what was asked. Joe first caught my eye in TNA. Um, I felt like he did a really good job there, and that's where I got the most, you know, of his matches, uh, going against the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels and going against uh, AJ Styles. Those guys were magic together. And even when Kurt Angle came into TNA Impact, him and Samoa Joe had a great series of matches that I just thoroughly enjoyed. So I know Joe definitely is a main event guy. When they brought him in the WWE, they did bring him in just for uh, NXT a little bit. And then they ultimately moved him up to the main roster, put him in a match with Brock Lesnar, I remember, at the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view, and he did really well. Um, the Undertaker actually came back and caused interference in that match. Um, Joe also had a good storyline with AJ Styles, like he always does. At the end of the day, he did get a little bit of a concussion um, and he was forced to kind of sit down for a little bit of rest, and they put him on the broadcast booth. I somehow knew that would be the end of his wrestling career in WWE. Uh, they tend to get a little scared when people have head injuries and you know don't like to put them back, and then Joe did a good job on commentary, and I was fearful that he was going to become the next Taz and just be the next modern-day Taz, who was a great wrestler in a lot of places, and then just kind of get stuck on the microphone. So... Um, the WWE did release him. I feel he's a good fit for AEW. I could see him working a short schedule or even a part-time schedule. And I could see him having some really good matches if he's able to go with some really talented wrestlers they got there and work with some young and up-and-comers. So for now, Samoa Joe. Our next release is Wesley Blake. I have a picture up on the screen of this podcast right now. And if you can tell me which of these three guys is Wesley Blake, you are a hardcore wrestling fan. Um, Wesley Blake has not been around a long time. He, you know, was in NXT for a little bit, barely got to the main roster. And then basically he ended up um, posting some very uh, political views that weren't favored well by the company. And they released him, you know, pretty quick. Um, I, so he was just, I think they just want to get rid of him before they had any trouble with him getting started. I don't think he'll end up anywhere other than an indie scene. He doesn't have enough of name or star power behind him to really have a company that wants to just say, oh, I want to go after this guy, unless he's just truly connected with somebody. 
But for now, I mean, Wesley Blake. Up next, Tucker from Heavy Machinery. You may remember the tag team, Heavy Machinery, with Tucker and Otis. Um, these guys had potential. They had a good tag team chemistry. They had, they were, you know, the blue collar trucker type tag team. Um, Otis actually, WWE, when they got to the main roster again, had this idea of moving Otis on his own and did this love storyline with Mandy Rose and then decided to give Otis the money in the bank briefcase, which I just didn't understand when it happened. I was actually kind of thought it was a waste of the money in the bank briefcase. So, um, Tucker, they had no plan for. And ultimately, they just kind of had nothing for him. He kind of sat around and catering for a while for the last year. And I know he posted something on his social media recently with him and Otis and said, I can't wait to tell this story in 90 days, um, just of how he was treated. So we'll, you know, we'll have to stay tuned to see what the real deal was. But ultimately, Tucker is all tuckered out and gone from the WWE. So, Tucker? Chelsea Green. Um, Chelsea is a developmental female talent from WWE NXT. Chelsea, um, the biggest thing right now with Chelsea is she just does not have enough name recognition behind her in a brand. So I think Chelsea's an okay wrestler and talent and has potential. The problem is, is when people just know you as Zack Ryder's girlfriend, that's not good for your character and your brand because now you're just the plus one at the wedding. You're not actually the one getting invited. So Chelsea, um, I've seen a couple of her matches. I didn't think she did anything wrong, and I didn't think she did anything great. But I did see her as that developmental talent. Uh, lucky for Chelsea, I mean, she has some options. I think she could end up in AEW or TNA Impact Wrestling. Um, I would highly implore her to take one of those options and just work on her skill and work on her character. You know, I mean, heck, they could even introduce her in AEW as Britt Baker's high, uh, dental hygienist that they wanted just to kind of get her up and going under somebody that's a pretty decent female talent. But I do think Chelsea has talent. I am looking forward to kind of see where she lands and how she ends up because I do think she could have success outside the WWE. But for now, it is a good move for the WWE to move on. And Chelsea? Yeah. And this next one, we're going to get a double, two for the price of one firing. So the Iconics, actually former women, uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, um, when you first look at them, you're thinking they are the Bellas 2.0. Now, I actually enjoyed the, the Iconics on the microphone. I actually liked their you know, comedy. I liked their interaction. Um, I thought they were a pretty good little solid tag team without the wrestling. I really thought the, the characters were well and over. I could see these girls going to Impact Wrestling. I could see somebody like the owner, Don Callis, having them as the valets for him and Kenny Omega, and they could appear on both shows, AEW and Impact Wrestling. But I do think there's a spot for these girls with the microphone skills that they have, and then I think they could continue to develop their wrestling craft. And I feel like they you know, work some pretty safe matches, and they, but I feel like they just need more experience. Um, when the WWE broke them up last year and split them off, I don't know what the plan was. And that's half the time the problem is there's just never a plan. And they thought one was going to be the star, but the other one wasn't. And then all of a sudden, they just are both gone. So right now, I mean, yeah, they're double endeavored from the company. Yeah. 
This next one, Mojo Raleigh. Um, I was never a fan of Mojo. The I remember I got a message from a friend of mine that works down in a developmental territory down in Carolina. And he said, you have to turn on NXT tonight. You're never going to believe this. And I turn it on and here's this hype music and all this craziness going on. I'm like, what is happening? And out comes this Mojo Raleigh guy who is a former football player for the Patriots. And I immediately was like, oh, they're taking the hype thing and doing it so horrible. So um, that's definitely not the vision for that character. But I love Mojo's energy. Um, I bet you guys don't remember Mojo was a former Under the Giant Battle Royal winner. This is a great example of winning that battle royal does not really give you anything to work with. So Mojo, um, I love his energy. I love, you know, his athleticism. But in reality, at the end of the day, I just don't think it was a good fit. I, mean, I never seen him getting above a mid-card to lower mid-card. And he just kind of sat in the back. I think the WWE liked the fact that he's good friends with Rob Gronkowski. And I think they thought that that was going to give them some mainstream appeal. But at the end of the day, it just ended up him not getting hyped at all. I don't think Mojo also will end up. I think this will be the end of his uh, wrestling career. Okay, Mickey James, um, also known as Alexa Larie. So... Mickey James um, is let go from the company as well. She hasn't wrestled in a while due to a, a little bit of an injury. Um, I will say this. I, I've gotten to meet um, uh, Mickey at, you know, um, backstage at a house show. And she's um, very, you can tell she's a very genuine and nice person. Um, sometimes when you just talk and you interact with people, you can tell when they're faking it. And you can tell when they're genuine human beings. And I feel that Mickey is... You know, Alexa Lurie, she definitely is that genuine human being. Um, you can tell she has a heart. She um, cares about the business, cares about other human beings and other people. So I really want her to um, be able to still have a steady career in this industry. I feel that she has women's trainer written all over her. I feel like she has the experience behind her, and I could see her end up being a trainer, if not a part-time women's wrestler, um, she just has too much knowledge. She was brought in underneath Trish Stratus, one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time. And she was uh, her stalker, if you guys remember that storyline. And she worked in the WWE and really learned this craft of the game. And she's been an advocate for women's wrestling. Um, in a recent story, she mentioned that, you know, she wanted the women to have their own brand. And the WWE was just so against it. And they said, no, women's wrestling doesn't make money. We're not ever doing that. The Evolution pay-per-view was the lowest um, numbers we've ever did for wrestling. And I don't think it was marketed. They like it for the women's revolution taglines and to show that they're innovative, but they don't really put anything behind it. And um, I think Mickey is the kind of person that could influence that. So, um, you know, I've seen some of her work down in OVW too. And I just, I think she's an all around talent and quality person. So I do see her, I think AEW would be smart to bring her up to um, not only just work part-time, but also to have her as a trainer and help rebuild the women's division in AEW and teach them the little things. And um, she, I think she could make Vince McMahon regret letting her go. Um, and also the way they let her go, um, you know, we'll get into this in the next story here, but she was let go very incorrectly. They um, didn't just uh, fire her. Usually, WWE will send you back your stuff in a box and mail it back to you. 
But with her, they did something different. They actually put all her stuff in a trash can or trash bag and then just sent it back to her. And um, she did contact the offices and the offices did get rid of the person that was responsible for doing that. Um, it was very unclassy. And we'll talk about that next. But for now, Mickey, I know you're going to do well. And you're going to have still a bright future ahead of you and long term in this industry. But for now, Mickey. And the person that did the garbage bag scandal on Mickey James was none other than Mark Carano. Or at least he's taken the blame for it. Mark Carano, um, if you guys have not known him or if you watch Total Divas, you would see him around on that episode, is head of WWE Talent Relations. Now, I want to start off and say this is probably the toughest job in the company. Okay, You have to deal with talent relations. You have to deal with every opinion and every ego that the WWE has of all of its employees. And then you have to filter them to upper management. So basically, you're the messenger. And in these roles, um, you are the ones to get rid of people. You are the ones to tell people that you don't like that their hair is blonde, and among other things. So Mark, I feel, has a very stressful and tough job, and it's amazing that he lasted you know, so long in it. Um, a lot of people behind the scenes are saying that him and John Laurinaitis do not get along, and once Laurinaitis came back, it was only a matter of time before Corona was let go. They just needed the right thing to get him released. And this garbage bag thing with Mickey James was just enough for him to go down with the ship with Mickey's uh, departure. So uh, it'll be interesting to see Mark. Um, you know, he's been in this industry for so long, but now he is no longer with the WWE. So, Mark. And another release that we have that um, I was actually surprised of a little bit is Kalisto. So Kalisto is started out as the Lucha Dragons. And um, that was a great tag team in NXT. And then they moved themselves to the main roster. And with the whole Lucha, Lucha, they just uh, really had a good vibe. And uh, Kalisto had, was the young and up and comer of the Luchadors. Had amazing matches with anybody you can think of, any Luchador you can think of, and any cruiserweight. Um, he then is in my mind, was that king of those cruiserweights. You know, not quite a Rey Mysterio, but, you know, getting up there pretty close. So it's interesting. Then they reinvented them, and then they put them into the cruiserweight division and have the Lucha House Party, and that went pretty well. So he's always done what the company's asked of him, and he's always done it very well. So I'm surprised they let him go. He's going to end up in AEW and, or and probably partnered with AAA and Lucha um, uh, Mexico. So... I feel there will be a spot for him. I think AEW would be that spot because I could see him and Penta and him and Ray Phoenix um, just all kind of mixing up, and they know how to use their cruiserweights down there. And here's a tip for you, Kalisto, if you're listening. Go ahead and keep the Kalisto name and just change the I to a Y, okay? So you can still be Kalisto, and that way you don't have to worry about the WWE coming after you using Kalisto with an I, um, and then I would just call myself Kalisto the Lucha Dragon. So it's not Dragons. And I think you're very marketable. And I think while you're on your way out, you know, um, you, you may have to take off the mask, turn your back, walk away from WWE. But I really think that, you know, you can modify your mask and you're going to do great things in AEW. I can totally see this happening. And you're going to be a breath of fresh air down there for Penta and Ray Phoenix and all those guys to work with. So uh, Kalisto... 
this is probably for the best for everybody, especially for you because you're going to let your star bright burn brightly. But yeah. well, guys, that's everything I wanted to cover today, and we did survive without getting fired, so it's been a good show. And again, it's game over.